In the film Female Trouble, when Divine screamed, Who wants to die for art? Nobody thought it would be the Terminator delivering the deadly blow. There's a new trend sweeping social media. Portraits created by artificial intelligence that analyzes your own selfies along with millions of other photos to create mouth-watering, heroic thirst traps of you. As with any new technology, it comes with its own set of drawbacks, like databases that steal the work of artists to learn their style that could ultimately put them out of business. Today, we're taking a look at artificial intelligence portraits, how it's tapping into our minds to create portraits that shake us to the core by revealing a side of ourselves that we couldn't see before. Plus, the Liver King, a bodybuilding blogger famous for arguing that eating raw organ meats builds muscle, comes out as using performance-enhancing drugs. People are demanding that Timothy Chalamet not put on any muscle. Republicans target a new enemy, drag queens. And farewell to Sesame Street original cast member Bob McGrath, famous for singing Sing a Song and Who Are the People in Your Neighborhood? He died in his home at the age of 90. I'm Fausto Fernos. I'm Mark Fillion. And this is Feast of Fun. And we are not artificial intelligence. Not yet. <laughs> Although we are, we are intelligent to some degree. We both have secondary degrees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can read, I can write, I can do math. Well, that, that's the thing, you know, like, you know, I imagine that like, you know, people when they developed writing, they were like, this is going to put st oral storytellers out of business. You know, and it did. And when photography <laughs> was developed, uh, you know, classic p oil painters, mm -hmm. And, you know, illustrators were like, photo, photorealistic illustrators, mm -hmm. even saying that is referring to photography. But in the early days of photography, they were like, this is going to put us out of business. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, you know, I remember when I was a kid, there was a lot of people that still believed that photography wasn't considered art. Because all you're doing is capturing an image. You're not creating an image. But, you know, a lot of photography is actually creating what you're going to make and then taking yeah. a photograph of it. Well, there was like, you know, philosophers that said God is dead. And uh, art is dead. And uh, my friend Marshall Weber said, saying things are dead is dead. Uh, but yet it's still alive. Well, meaning that, you know, things have a way of evolving and changing into new, unsurprising mm -hmm. ways. Mm -hmm. And when we first saw the movie uh, Terminator, uh, you know, by the Avatar guy. Uh, James Cameron. James Cameron. Starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. It, it, you know, spoke to a lot of their collective anxieties of how technology, when uh, run amok, or maybe this might be the inevitable outcome of technology, mm -hmm. that is going to ultimately hurt us in ways we just don't expect. Well, it's the Frankenstein monster all over again, right? That's a, Mary Shelley. Yeah. Mary Shelley, who's the, the, the queen of science fiction, really, yeah. um, who started it all in uh, man versus technology. Man versus his own mind. Mm -hmm. and the his things own that monster. Mon the monster is our ability to create things, right? Yes, from bits and pieces that we gather from all over the world. All the way and to Adam and Steve. <laughs> and the apple and, you know, the idea that knowledge is inherently harmful because it allows us to ask questions and and questions lead to changing the status quo and developing tools to analyze that. Mm -hmm. And so it's it's complicated, right? Because, you know, obviously challenging the status mm -hmm. quo is a healthy mm -hmm. thing. 
And it's not that's always how we a move, healthy. That's how we move forward. That's right? how we move forward and how we create a better world for everyone. And this AI art is not going to go anywhere, but it, it it will be legislated, I'm sure, to some degree. Well, you know. Uh, like in Europe, like, because, you know, these databases are pulling, that's the big thing is like they're pulling yeah. these images all throughout the world. Uh, you know, and if you're tagged in an image in Europe and they're using it, you can ask them to take it down. Well, l let's, let's sort of okay. backpedal here okay, and explain sure. to the listeners what the heck is AI? in the first place. Um, and you know, when I've worked in, in technology since basically I came out of the crib, and it, to me it's always funny, and we also, Mark and I came of age and watching television shows like The Bionic Woman or The Million Dollar Man starring Lee Majors. Mm -hmm. you know? Oh God, he was so sexy. And it's always interesting. He was hotter on Big Valley though. Oh, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> He's al it's always really interesting when they build a robot that, or uh, what is the term? An android mm -hmm. um, from the movie Metropolis uh, and, and, you know, certainly the Million Dollar Man. And I'm thinking of the Terminator as well. They're always really fucking hot. <laughs> you know, if you're going to make a robot, you might as well make it sexy. They so make them really sexy. Makes, make it, people pay attention. When that robot walks in the room, you're like, ooh, who's that? Yeah. Big I, hunk of metal. I'm eager to submit to my robot overlords. <laughs> and, and so in, in terms of like this technology that's developing here, there's, there's this idea that it's being built on free information. Mm -hmm. But information, to some degree, is being paid for by somebody. So one example is like our libraries uh, are being paid by taxpayers. And donations. And donations. And so we're able to hold on to books and hold on to knowledge and pass them along to future generations, like the Library of Congress or the Smithsonian Museum, um, for the betterment of humanity and for the betterment of the, of the nation. And in our lifetime, we've seen a new technology develop, which is the internet, which is uh, there is this assumption that anything you post on the internet is free, up for grabs for anyone to use. And so this technology that's being developed, which is AI software, is using a fancy term, but it's really just software. All software, in some degrees, is artificially intelligent. It's, it's uh, analyzing information and creating things from that analysis. Mm -hmm. And the, the um, early days of Google indexing the internet was like, hey, you know, we want our websites to receive traffic because from this traffic, we are able to raise awareness, sell a product and get hired. But what's happened in the last 20 years is that a lot of artists and a lot of content creators like ourselves have started to see ourselves be targeted um, in ways we just didn't expect to happen. So one example was that like, um, for example, um, uh, right wingers or oligarchs posting photos that were assumed to be up for grabs on social media were really using it to silence and and to harass Americans. What they were doing, they were creating something, and they, they might yeah. copyright this image after the fact. So you've used it, they've copywritten it after the facts, and then they come after you. To try they may to have copywritten it. Beforehand, regardless, but you don't have access. You don't to have that access knowledge. to that information because it's a photo posted on Twitter, and there's yeah. no attribution to anything. So, um, you know, uh, one of our guests, Andy Thayer, who went to protest for gay rights in Russia, um, which is still happening to this day, is the oppression of LGBTQ people. You can't in even Russia. protest there. And now they just passed this new law, basically saying like anything that has to do with gay people is like cr a criminal offense, mm -hmm. like even just like. 
anything tangentially. Like if you had a drag queen story hour, they would come and attack you. Oh, wait, that's happening here in the United that's States. That's happening here. Um, but the yeah. government's doing the it, government's not militia. Doing it, yes. So it's a big difference there. Yeah. And so we were facing a huge giant lawsuit uh, that could have basically threatened our livelihoods and and our ability to continue this podcast. And thankfully, we were able to deal with it. But we but in the process, we found out that these Russian oligarchs and this was, you know, was that 15 years years ago, 10 years ago, they're coming after all of us. We saw that fucked up storm in the in the in the distance. And I were like, man, I hope this Russian shit doesn't come on our shores and manifest itself in putting, you know, corrupt politicians into office. And that's kind of what we've seen. Mm. And so Republicans are like now used to be the like the most anti-Russian political party. Now they're just like, I'd rather be Russian than be a Democrat Mm. and parroting all the talking points of the Putin administration. As, as that's happening, you know, all these images are being combed around the internet and used to create a database. A lot of artists just don't know that you can put code saying, please don't index this website. Please don't take this information. To stop the spiders, because what happened, Google sends Do out not spiders crawl, yeah. and they crawl around and they look at everything yeah. and they're like, oh, this is an image. Let's use this, that kind of thing. And so these databases, uh, enormous databases, not just Google, but other companies, billion, uh, wor- I'm sorry, valued at billions of dollars, have made all this money in creating all these really powerful and wonderful tools to create all kinds of uh, content and results. And so artificial intelligence is looking at all this writing, for example, and creating uh, writing that could uh, resemble an actual human being writing something. So here's an example, like I put the premise of this podcast into an AI text generator. Oh, is it copy pasta? It, well, it sounds like Donald Trump talking, you know, oh, yeah. so it's a word salad to, at this at this stage of the game. In the age of artificial intelligence, no job is safe. AI is rapidly taking over mundane tasks, but is also threatening to replace creative work such as art design or even the creation of podcasts. AI has already become replace artists in certain areas, and it looks like creative industries may be next on the list. And this podcast, we will be exploring how AI is destroying creativity and stealing work from artists, as well as take a look at the example of AI-created art, Lenza AI Portraits. I kind of feel like that's a better intro than what we wrote. Yeah. Can we just use that? <laughs> that's actually not too bad. It doesn't I, have the Mark and Fausto flair, though. Well, that's the thing. You know, it's like an AI is not capable yet of humor. It's not uh, uh, capable, uh, really, of good, biting sarcasm. It's not capable yet of touching on camp or, or irony or cultural touchstones. You know, like AI is not going to know that Divine said, who wants to die for art unless you tell the AI mm. to do it based on that. Right. So, so it still has a lot of limits, but we can see the storm in the mm-hmm. distance that it's coming mm-hmm. after you guys. Because you have to have some kind of intelligence yeah. to have a sense of humor. Yeah. That's why I kind of find like people who are very humorless sometimes are not very intelligent. Them dumb. They're dumb. <laughs> you know, I mean, we all have some sense of humor, but, you know, I think the smarter you are, the, the, the funnier you can be for sure. So chapter two here, Mark and I have been taking photos of our guests for, you know, 
how long have we been doing this podcast now? 18 years. We're going to start our 19th season coming Jesus up next year. Fucking Christ. I know it's wild. <laughs> for, for almost two decades, we've been taking pictures of our guests. A lot of them are non-binary and trans people who are very unhappy with the way they look. Mm. And there's an inner voice in their head when they're, you know, looking in the mirror saying, I just don't like what I see. It's body dysmorphia. It's, right? it, you know, it's an unhappiness. But I think as all marginalized people, to some degree, we have this voice in our heads that mm -hmm. says, you know, you are ugly. You're not worthy. You're not beautiful. Right. No matter what Christina Aguilera says or sings. Mm -hmm. And so when we take these pictures and I, you know, in beautiful lighting, I, I bring them into Photoshop. I mask them out. I, you know, take out blemishes and I post them in a nice little background. We observe that they, they were, we call them, they, they were chasing their own chasers. <laughs> yeah. You know? And this reminds me of like the first time Larry LaFontaine uh, dressed up in drag with us. Mm -hmm. And he, we filmed him and took some pictures and stuff. And Larry sat down with his laptop and the video camera and was looking at himself for hours. <laughs> I don't know if it was for hours, but it was he a while. Was. He was but like, you know he was so mm -hmm. excited and so delighted at seeing a different version of themselves right. in staring back at them. Well, that like, it, it, the brain was just like not not able to jive with. It wasn't mm. able to comprehend just yet what was happening. It's like you're meeting a new friend for the but, first time. But somebody is very familiar, yeah. right? You. Yeah. You're meeting you for the yeah. first time. Well, it's weird, too, because it's like when I looked in the mirror the other day because I had been looking at all those photos of the AI thing, and like when I looked in the mirror, my mind started to visualize myself, the reflection in that mirror as that AI, mm -hmm. you know? So it's like a, a good picture of yourself, whether it's face-tuned, auto-fill, you know, photoshopped, all that kind of stuff can really just change the way you perceive yourself. And some people are also saying that like um, these images are more like you than you think they are. Because a lot of times we see our own flaws. We're focused on, oh, I've mm -hmm. got that scar in the middle of my forehead. I've got a nick in my ear. You know, uh, this is this might be a problem. That might be a problem. And then you know, the AI kind of wipes that kind of out of the way. Yeah, you know, and and to say to that, I say, you know, we've always thought about you. This the mm. people who love you already saw the the good parts of you more than the bad parts of you. You know, like we look in the mirror to ourselves and we're like, you see that scar that you had from that accident or that zit that, you know, left a little scar when you were 16 years old and it's been traveling with you throughout your life. And you've just been like, oh, why do I, you know, if I only didn't have that scar or if I only didn't have this feature on my face, I would be loved the way I wanted to. I would have the food that I need, the the job that I need, the home that I need. I would have the life that I that I need and mm. want. And it is because of my physical appearance that I'm not been able to attain those things. And that's not true. You know, your life is unique as your face and it's beautiful and it is full of challenges and it's full of obstacles. But ultimately, it's what makes you a human being that's unique and special and worthy of love just by your existence. And what I think is so wonderful about this AI is that it's lifting, it's, it's blowing away all those negative voices, all those 
uh, naysayers that you've heard throughout your life that some on some level you subconsciously absorbed and and you're able to see yourself with a fresh set of eyes and say, my God, I'm actually a beautiful person. <laughs> yeah, but that's worthy of love. But some of the know? photos, no matter Despite what, that. no matter what, because you're getting 100 photos, there's going to be like 10 percent of them that are just absolutely weird or ugly or distorted like that. A.I. doesn't get it 100 percent. Right. And then the Mr. Pretty hand where you have like 12 digits in your hand or one eyeball is bigger than the other or mm-hmm. like your your uh, bicep is growing out of a piece of wood. And one photo of me, I'm like, wait a second, this looks more like you. Did you upload a photo of yourself into my thing? <laughs> well, we kind of look like each other, you know, yeah. so that's the other thing. And, and, and so to me, like, yeah, like people think I'm a beautiful person, but like even when I post photos on the Internet, I'm just like, God, am I a fraud? Oh, yeah. Am I going to post that one photo one day and people are going to be like, see, Fausto's ugly all along. Well, you, you, took some, you took some photos for your uh, your coach and he posted it on the Instagram on Photoshop. I didn't even filter. want I was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> Take that down. <laughs> and people are saying it's nice. So I'm well, like, OK. It, I, I think part of it is like there's we don't know how to photograph ourselves. We have these cameras following us through our lives, we're not able to photograph ourselves in ways we, we don't know how to use these tools. Mm. Like I was telling you the other day, you, you take one photo of yourself and you don't like how you look. So you put the camera away yeah. and you go through your life. And I tell people like, for me, I take about 10 pictures. I look at the cat of the photos. I adjust my angle and adjust my expression. I take another 10 photos and reflect on that and keep on and keep on. So for every photo that you see of me on the internet, there's probably 50 to 60 of them that I don't use. Mm. And the ones that I don't look good in it or have back rolls, back rolls, then I don't post. And so for me, it's like, look, I, I'm just, you know, I want to present the best version of myself out there because to me, it's like, it's a, it's, it's art. Mm. I'm making something, I'm telling a story with the way I look and I'm telling a story with the way other people look. And I am so blessed that for the vast majority of the people that I've been able to photograph that they've trusted me to give the best version of them into the mm-hmm. world. Yeah. But they've stood over my shoulder for years. Well, you know, before, yeah. before Instagram came along, before yeah. all these, these tools to help people take photos, before cell phones on their cameras, all those kinds of things. For, you know, many people that came on the podcast, you were the only one who ever had taken like a professional photograph of, of them. them. It was the and first so photo was, you of know, them, yeah. It was an important thing for them. And, and it was also a disconcerting yeah. experience for them. Right. It's to hand over that kind of control and that power to somebody they just met. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, as Julie Andrews says, despite my wicked childhood, I must have done something good because most of those people have a very positive experience of, of well, being photographed. What I always love too is that when people yeah. are like accuse you like, oh, you photoshopped your picture and you're like, I have photos of you that I have also photo- photoshopped online. Would you like me to post the originals? And there's like crickets. <laughs> they shut the F up after that. <laughs> you know. Well, a part of it is, you know, I worked for the news, uh, newspaper for a long time, and two different would, newspapers. Yeah. And we had this, this rule, like you do not retouch photos that run in the newspaper ever. Like if there's a zit on president, on the president's face, you leave that zit there. Uh, you look at magazines, fashion mm-hmm. magazines is the opposite. They retouch it to within an inch of its life. 
And so I've done work for both of these kind of publications, and I'm more of a magazine than I am a, a photojournalist. My friend Jason Smith, he's a photojournalist, mm -hmm. and he trusts me in, in giving me uh, photos that he's taken of me and other people to retouch them in a way that still captures the person that, as they are. And, and so, you know, this discussion that's happening about the AI lens uh, filter that it's, is, is all over the Internet right now is a lot of people are being saying that they're being catfished, that they're, they're being um, shown a side of a person that doesn't really exist. And I'm like, well, you know, you can look at all, you know, the best way to prevent to being catfish is mm -hmm. to just ask for more information. Yes. Uh, catfishers or someone who's deceitful based on their appearance is going to withhold information. You know, so if you're trying to hook up for sex or a romantic person, they're only going to give you like three or four photos. They're right. not going to give you, you know, and listen, anybody can go on YouTube and see how we look on video. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody can go on social media and see photos that of us that other people have taken. Mm -hmm. um, so it's not like we're hiding anything. We're just saying like, these are the photos of myself that I like the most and I'm posting them. And so I took some of those lens of photos and I put them on grinder and scruff just to see what kind of reaction and baby, it was all negative. Oh really? They all hated it. They were like, you're fake, fake. Like, well, and you're yeah. like, this is an AI portrait. Well, oh, clearly, yeah. and I thought that people would be able to distinguish between the AI portraits and the other ones, but they weren't. Mm. And I had a, you know, I used Triggered. to be more of the photojournalistic side in the past, but then the debate between the black and blue, white and gold dress came oh, to be. Oh, shit. And it was basically a, a, a war over... I see something in that way and therefore it exists in that way. And I was like, well, shit, you know, I guess our, our eyes, our memories, our images are in some ways deceitful too, because the way we see somebody may not be actually how the way they look. Our heart, um, to some degree influences how we see another person. And so like, I think about like my mother, when she would buy, Christmas presents for us as kids and she would buy a shirt t-shirt that was like three times bigger than it needed to be. Well, you were going to grow into it. No, because she just loved us so much that she wanted, she, she bought with her heart and she bought, you know, what I was a, a small t-shirt, she bought me an extra large. And it was like, and that's when I realized like what we see isn't really real either. You know, it's like, and the only thing that's real is, is the love that we have for each other, the relationships that we have for each other. All this lens of stuff is just a toy. It's a new toy. It's a new technology. And it may be putting people out of work. It may, it probably will. If, but like some of those, yeah. some of those artists that are mentioned is like yeah. I hadn't even heard of them before, and I probably wouldn't be able to afford their their art anyway. You know what I mean? But maybe somebody yeah. else will. I'm really interested to see. I'm like when we're looking at things like when you see something like you know Star Wars, where everything is filmed in front of those those screen those curved screens now. Uh, so you're talking project, about the new Star Wars series, the, like new Star Wars series, and then the Mandalorian, the Mandalorian, on Mandalorian and others, and a lot of other shows that are now being done in front of these. Um, I forgot the name projected of it. Projected screens. Pro projected 
screens, but they're kind of curved too, so they and they can add depth to it, uh, and they're just so hyper realistic. And now to create a background of like a, a planet or a city or anything like that, you know, that could just be AI generated in a matter of 15, 20 minutes instead of having an artist spend hours, if not weeks, creating it. You know, in the original Star Trek and some of those movies, when you saw a planet, when you saw a city, those were oil paintings that were created by a person and photographed and then filmed. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so nowadays that could a lot of that stuff could be just be rendered by an AI. And I'm also interested to see how that's going to be in like in comic books and things like that. Graphic novels. Um, you know, you're going to be able to feed this storyline into uh, a computer, into the software. And then all of a sudden all the arts created for you. So in some ways it could really open up some very um, uh, amazing creative paths for a lot of people who wouldn't necessarily have those resources. Otherwise, you know, they're not an artist. They're not an illustrator. Oh, but maybe they're a writer, so they are an artist. But now they can do something that they couldn't do before. Well, and, and someone like Martian Delalis uh, or uh, Misunderstood mm -hmm. are really good at coming up with hilarious, twisted, funny um, premises mm -hmm. that an AI generating engine could turn into our favorite new television show or podcast mm -hmm. or, or movie. Yeah, I mean, even you did a bunch of yeah. like AI things. You were just like, this. The prompt is Carol Channing as the Borg Queen from Star Trek, yeah. and it was just like, it was hysterical. Well, that was that was uh, from Misunderstood. Oh. Uh, actually, John Q. Sanchez oh. came up with that first, and you know, and I loved that so much that it made me realize that we're within our lifetimes, the Terminator is going to come for not just your jobs, but for your ability to imagine things well, I think and we're to create up, yeah. things. We'll and, and it's going to come for your entertainment. And, you know, like we always think about the Terminator as a scary, sexy monster mm -hmm. busting through your door and shooting you down. But we never think of the Terminator as this, like, hilarious uh, Carol Channing as the Borg Queen. Oh, resistance is futile. Oh, yes, Oh, Captain uh, Picard. Oh, you're so sexy. Why don't you come into my boudoir and we can uh, turn into one consciousness? Well, because like you can take like any kind of prompt and be like, <laughs> I want to see this movie. I want to see the yeah. Terminator, but I want the Terminator to be Dolly Parton and she's going to shoot bullets out of her tits. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a fembot. <laughs> and so and you could <laughs> come with me if you want to live. Come with me. If you want to live, <laughs> <laughs> Jolene, Jolene, so, uh, Jolene, Jolene, come with me if you want to live. <laughs> I mean, you could, you know, throw all kinds of things. Yeah. This, uh, so, so even this week, um, uh, Apple Music announced that they're doing a karaoke version that is going to subtract all the vocals at your at your delight so you can sing along mm. to anything that is out there because you can mute the vocals is that how it works so you can have it, it uses like, artificial intelligence to yeah. to remove completely all remove and, re completely okay. remove the vocals now there, yeah. there is some kind of software out there right now that does that but it's not as good right well it, it'd probably be the same software okay. i'm guessing they just paid a billion dollars yeah it. or something like that and i played with it i, I did the uh, i took some may west songs and i went to a gay bar and in drag and tried to perform it and people were just like Boo! They they were like they were not understanding. Put the loot in the boot. Is that what you did? I put, I did. Um. Uh. What is it? Uh, you gotta taste all the fruit. You gotta drink all the wine. And people are just like, "What the fuck is this stupid old song?" I know. <laughs>
It's so weird to be an old queen, huh? <laughs> I guess I am. You know, like, and, and so we really do need to think about, like, is it possible to stop this machine or are we just inevitably going to reach some kind of singularity where our brains and the machine's brains become one? And it, it may we may not be able to stop it. So well, isn't Elon- enjoy the crazy ride with Carol Channing as the Borg Queen because that's coming for real. And isn't Elon Musk trying to stick uh, computer chips into our brains or something like that? What's going on? There's this like Elon Musk says a lot of shit that's not true. <laughs> there's like a, there's a website that says like shit Elon Musk said that never came to be. And his new thing, you know, he's basically Trump but with a different uh, candy coating. He said that uh, he'll do uh, pay for your brain surgery if if he, they're able to stick some type of like computer interface in your brain. And I'm just like, man, if you're like dying of like, you know, a tumor in your brain and they're sh- shoving like some, you know, cybernetic interface in there, I mean, that, that would just, and that of course, it's not going to work very well. I mean, mm. think about like your smartphones and how many times it freezes or unexpectedly shuts off. Yeah. And this is like, a, you know, experimental stuff. It basically, it's going to be a hot mess. And what a way to torture yourself as you go leave this world. You know, it's like, it's not what I would want to go through, but. That could be interesting. But, you know. What's the chip going to do, though? Well, it's, the idea is, is to understand how human thought patterns work mm. and, and try to interface with them. Uh, but, you know, there's money to be made. I mean, that's why, you know, f- uh, Facebook metaverse mm-hmm. is trying to create this like yeah. virtual reality yeah. in the metaverse. You get to have tits yeah. Yeah. or teeth. <laughs> what did you say? You get to have teeth. You have to have teeth. But, you know, I, I noticed, too, is like it's yeah. I think is it the gays that are really in love with this AI uh, portraiture or the, are the straight men doing it? Well, it's I interesting. Don't see it I much. don't see a lot. I, I've seen some like body, a lot of bodybuilders. A lot of do bodybuilders it. are doing it. And uh, Eric Janicki, roof, 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 uh, he's put in his photos in, and he looks less muscular. That's weird. I mean, because he's just a monster. He's like mm-hmm. the Hulk. And yeah, the AI, AI can't handle that muscle. Well, the AI is trying to, you know, reach some flattering proportions, and um, and it's trying, you know, at, at the same time, like I've noticed a lot of twinks putting their photos on the AI filter and a lot of thick curvy bears doing the same thing. And it's not making them look like a, how they have a different body. It's actually sticking to whatever body type you have. So mm-hmm. if you have muscles, the AI is going to make those muscles pop. But if you don't, if you're naturally a, a lean person or a thick mm-hmm. person, it's not going to yeah. give you the body that yeah. you don't already and have. And if you post, if you, if you feed the algorithm, if you feed it a bunch of shirtless pictures, it's going to give you a lot of shirtless pictures too, right? Well, I'm, I've been toying with the idea of like, you know, cause I have a lot of photos of lady bunny <laughs> and um, are you going to do her as a man or a woman? Well, I know I've, I'm so tempted <laughs> to fuck with it really hardcore. You should do a man. Yeah. <laughs> Lady buddy. Although that's transphobic because I think she does. End, I don't know how she, she's kind of tea, right? She doesn't really care, but she, yeah. you know, like I've asked all of my drag queen and trans and non-binary friends like, Hey, can I upload photos of you into this? And they're like, no, no, <laughs> But, you know, yeah. like some uh, I have, Alexis, a, trans, I have uh-huh. a trans friend who's like, they said, like, these are some of the good photos, but like some of them really fucked with my body dysmorphia, you know? Well, some some uh, drag queens, Alexis Hex is one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've always thought she's an interesting drag performer, but there's like um, some obstacles 
in what is in her imagination and what she can make happen. Mm -hmm. And what's really cool about the AI filter, because she ran herself through that. I saw some, they were great. She looked fabulous. I mean, there was like one, she looked like a little pixie. I was just like, fabulous girl. Yes, come on, Earth Vixen, Goddess Mother, (laughs) Dark Crystal, Mm -hmm. you know? And and I've seen some other trans people um, uploading their photos and they look really interesting. and, And the AI, if it does it right, it doesn't erase their transness, their non-binary, their gender ambiguity. It just enhances it. And I think that's so cool and so exciting. And I want all our trans listeners and non-binary people to give it a chance. But at the same time, if you feel ethically that you don't want to give money or upload data to this tool that eventually is going to, you know, fuck with all of us in a hard, negative way, I can understand that too. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, Napster, ASCAP, and BMI enter the chat. <laughs> and LimeWire. And I want to just ask these people, did you guys hesitate when you were downloading all that music for free? Remember, we used to pay 99 cents for a single. We used, uh, we used to pay $25, $30 for a CD. And now you're paying, you know, 10 bucks a month for Spotify or Apple Music or Pandora. You know, it's like, it's really hard to make money as a popular, as a, a you know working musician today. And it was a lot easier to make money 30 years ago. So a lot easier for a very small amount of people to make money. Nowadays, more people can probably make money, but not as much money. Well, you could be a high, if you're a good musician, you could get hired to come into yeah. a studio and make a living and have a home. Mm. You know, that it's not possible anymore. And, and so, you know, you have to crowdfund just to, to exist. And, and so I'm asking those people, like, if you could travel back in time and not download shit for free from Lap, Napster or LimeWire, would you do it? Mm. Was, it would have been possible to stop that from happening. And that's kind of where we're at right now. And, and so it's not just photographs. It's not just paintings. It's not just illustration. It's podcasts. It's music. It's movies. It's television. It's dancing. It's anything creatively that we can, it's our imaginations is going to get co-opted for capitalism. And that's really scary and disturbing. And I don't know if there's a way to stop that. And uh, Merry Christmas, <laughs> you know. And so, so the question is like back to this idea behind you know universal basic income is is you know at what point do we just lean back, let the machines take over, and give everybody you know money to live and be happy and just you know have fun and and play with these toys and and that's the future of humanity. Or do we set up these kind of rules and regulations that inevitably some countries and some cultures won't follow, and they're going to develop this powerful technology that might ultimately bite us in the ass anyways? You know, we can we can regulate all we want, but you know, is China going to regulate it? Is Russia going to regulate it? Probably not. And if they develop tools that can you know hack into banking systems and fuck with e- e- economies the way they can launch a nuclear bomb. I mean, it's, it's terrifying. And so, you know, I think at, at, you know, to move on from that is like, it's, it's a lot of stuff to chew on. And I just want people to look at the AI and see an idealized version of themselves 
And as Dr. Frankenfurter said, don't dream it, be it. Oh. You know, this is the way we already see you. I want you to really look deeply into your AI, <laughs> idealized version fate. And, and you I'm know, gonna do it, that right now. And if you're an, if you always dream of being an astronaut, go be an astronaut, you know, or an action star or do something adventurous. Cause you know what? That's the danger of this AI is that it's going to make you feel like you accomplished something. Telling people that you're going to lift weights or build muscle or enter a contest. The danger of that is that you're going to not do it because you're already kind of accomplished it. You know, you have to learn as a, one of uh, coaches, uh, Aaron Curtis said, you have to fall in love with the process that's painful and slow and frustrating of creating things, mm. whether it is your body or art or anything else, because it's in the journey and the process that your humanity is revealed to you mm -hmm. and your best self is put out into the world. Who are the people in your neighborhood, <laughs> in oh. your neighborhood, in your neighborhood? Oh, who are the people in your neighborhood? How many years was he on that show? All of them. He, he, he kind of retired Bob after a little Bob while, Bob but McGrath. he would pop in every now and then, right? Yeah. He did. You know, um, Bob McGrath uh, was a professional musician and singer. Um, uh, to my knowledge, I always thought he was on Broadway, but I guess he wasn't. Mm. Um, and when Sesame Street was put together by Joe Gantz Gooney and, you know, shaped the lives of, of a generation, he was the white guy on the show. <laughs> uh, Bob McGrath, who used his beautiful voice to bring to life uh, two very iconic songs. Uh, who, who are the people in your neighborhood? And of course, sing, sing a song. Make it simple to last your whole life long. We used to sing that in music class. And he goes, la, 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 And he was a big star in Japan, I guess, a singing star in Japan of all places. Yeah, he was a heartthrob. A heartthrob in Japan? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and you know the sing a song lyrics, the song was in Spanish. Oh, see? Yeah, yeah. Canta una canción. Canta, canta una canción en voz alta. Cantar fuerte, canta de buenas cosas, no mal. Canta feliz, no triste. Oh. And that, that's Luis, uh, who also just died uh, recently, you know. Mm. So they are, along with Mr. Hooper, up in Sesame Street. Mr. Hooper Heavens. died a long, long time ago, though. He died in the 70s, right? And they made it a, into a special episode of Sesame Street. I remember watching that. I don't think I saw I saw it later as an adult on, on Sesame Street, I, on YouTube. It was sad. I was devastated when Mr. Hooper Where's Mr. Hooper, Mr. Hooper coming back? Oh, Big Bird, Mr. Hooper's not coming oh back. Oh, my God. He's dead as a doornail. He's six feet under. I think they burned his body up. <laughs> and he's like, oh, no, why did they do that? Because he's dead, 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 Big Bird. No. But who's going to tell me stories? No one, you're all alone now. Mr. Snuffleupagus. Well, oh. Hey, no, bird. it was actually very, you know, it was, it was a very uh, emotional and uh, healing for kids to be able to kind of understand what death was. I don't know. I remember as a kid watching that and I was like shook. I was like, then I was like, is it, is, are my parents going to die? 
Like, who else is doing Because my grandparents, uh, except for my evil grandmother, who was a racist monster, uh, <laughs> like, they were all dead. And my parents used to talk to them in really soothing ways, and they were just wonderful people. And so I always thought that Mr. Hooper and Mr. Rogers were my grandparents, my grandfathers. And when, when Mr. Hooper died, I was just like, I was inconsolable. I was just like, oh, my God, he's dead. Oh. What's going to happen? I, I remember just, just watching. Them. And they made a book about it, too. Did they? Yeah, yeah. Mr. Hooper's dead? <laughs> Something like that. Because Big Bird draw portraits of everybody on Sesame Street, and he was looking for Mr. Hooper, and Mr. Hooper was no longer there. So now Sad. Bob McGrath is joining them, and his music lives on, and suddenly those songs written by Joe Raposo uh, live on in the world. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he was a, a, a very sweet, gentle soul. Um, you remember on the series he had a girlfriend named Linda? No, who was a I don't sign remember. language it was deaf. That was his girlfriend? That was his girlfriend, yeah. He was kinda he was like in his thirties when it started. Shouldn't yeah, they yeah. have been married by then? <laughs> well, she came in later in the series. Okay. You know, and, and uh because of Linda, like uh I learned sign language and uh, my first boyfriend was deaf and mm. Adam and he was uh and I learned sign language because of that. So, you know, to this day, like, I technically know two languages and a half, and the third language is sign, American Sign Language. So, you know, it, it's, uh, everybody's, like, uh, lamenting the, the passing of Mr. Rogers, and I didn't want to put this in the intro, but uh, Kirstie Alley, Luis Dios mío. Well, you know, the thing about Kirstie Alley is we all star kind of- Star of, of Cheers, Look star Who's Trek. Talking, Star Trek. And, and she was, you know, like for a lot of people, she was associated with three very loved franchises mm -hmm. and films. And, you know, she was a, un, undisputably a great actress and comedic talent. Mm. And later on in her life, uh, she fell into a lot of right wing conspiracies and, and became was, a hardcore Trumper. And was a Scientologist. And a Scientologist. You know, and she says she owes her whole career to, to an agent who thought she looked like she was half Vulcan, half Romulan. Because <laughs> that was one of her first big breaks was to be yeah. on, you know, Star Trek Wrath of Khan. And so everybody on the internet is debating right now, um, how do we talk about Kirstie Alley? And, you know, as uh, Betty, da Betty Davis said this, right? Yeah. It's not nice to talk about the dead, only good. Kirstie Alley is dead, good. <laughs> well, you know, she leaves behind kids and stuff like that. But, you yeah. know, she was, uh, she was a troll on Twitter. You know, she would call people like cunt face. Uh, you know, she was a turf. She supported Trump. Uh, you know, so that inherently makes her, you know, racist and uh, a greedy little monster. She was very unkind she to a, unkind. Lot, a lot of people yes. who used to be fans of her. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we loved yeah. her too. I think the gays really loved her because she was the lead in that TV show, Victoria's Closet or whatever it was called. Um, and uh, was it? Uh, she also had a reality yeah. TV show called Fat Actress. Oh, yeah. That chronicled her struggles with her body mm -hmm. and her uh, navigating mm -hmm. through Hollywood. You yeah. Know? And uh, I remember I, yeah. I got a little bit of inspiration from her from when she said she quit smoking by just she checked into a hotel room for a few days and just refused to go out and refused to get cigarettes. And she, she's like, that's what it takes. You just have to stop smoking. 
And so that was a little bit of an inspiration for that. Um, you know, and she, also, too, like she was kind of like she was on Cheers and she was on it for six years or some six or seven years. I forget. Uh, but it was almost like she was the sad replacement to Diane because we all love Diane. Shelley Long. Shelley yeah. Long. But then mm-hmm. Shelley Long's character, you know, once those two characters fell in love, it was kind of like it, it's over. You know? Yeah, the romance is a is it, a boner killer for plots. for a TV show and plots, yeah. and so you can kind of see where like and you know Shelley Long wanted to go on and do other things, you know she did Camp Beverly Hills and the Brady Bunch movie, and that's pretty much it, you know. So the lesson is is if you're on a major network television show, don't leave it until they kick you off. Well, that happened with uh, Mulder and Scully, right? The mm-hmm. the final episode of the X Files with them kissing, wasn't it? They uh, Mulder, yeah. Mulder left the show early, I think, right? But he came back like a little when bit. the final episode of the X Files was them, the two of them kissing, mm. and then they did his movie, and it was like, what? oh, and that was like I, a total like it was transphobic movie where some dudes killing women to so he can put his body into their body, like his brain into yeah, their body. Yeah, like, I forgot was, about that. Yeah, it was just it was so disappointing. It's like, bwah, bwah. Yeah, thanks like, a this lot. Is not, this is not the X Files I signed up for. Is it is it hurtful to talk about Kirstie Alley in saying that she was a really rotten person in the last of years of her life? You know, I, I looked at uh, like Bruce Valanche uh, wrote a bit about her on Facebook and said, "Listen, I know that she was like she was susceptible to cults and she was unhinged, but working with her was wonderful. It was delightful, and she was fun." And so I think, you know, there's some people out there when they get on the Internet, they just want to pick at people. And, you know, is that part of their heart? Probably. (laughs) But, uh, you know, can they still be wonderful people? I don't know. But, you know, Bruce liked her. Well, I also noticed that the people who are I I call these like the where the, you know, LGBT people are the middle children of society. And if you're middle child, you can also relate to this is that we're sort of caught between many worlds. And I noticed that people who where their friends or family or business associates or coworkers are right wing conservatives or Trumpers um, in order to sort of like exist and make peace with the world around them. Uh, they're trying to sort of find some kind of uh, humanity in the way we talk about Kirstie Alley. Mm-hmm. And and with and, and of course, then saying that the people who are, are saying, you know, at the time of the death of this person, it's like she was doing all kinds of rotten things. And even Kirstie Alley was a victim to her own right wing nonsense. Mm-hmm. Like she was trying to use uh, thetans and prayer and all this stuff to deal with her cancer that ultimately robbed her of her life at a very young age. Wow. So she didn't seek therapy or medical treatment for cancer for a long time because she was a Scientologist Mm. and she didn't believe in medicine, you know? And and, and it's, to me, it's like, I don't know if this is actually her experience or there's just more misinformation on the internet because I didn't live her life. I'm not part of her family. But if that's the case, uh, you know, my heart goes out to Kirstiality, Kirstiality, (laughs) Kirstiality, but if she actually is this harmful, yeah. rotten person, mm-hmm. 
then, you know, it's not, it's, well, there's no love lost yeah. there because she did a lot and said a lot of things that were really harmful to a lot of people. Well, I wonder how, like, how much of that harm kind of goes back on yourself. Like, Fausto and I went and saw Wakanda forever the other night. And some girl, like, a few rows in front of us, halfway through the movie, pulls out her phone. And I'm usually the first person to be like, put your goddamn phone away. <laughs> You're ruined. Like, and it's IMAX. We paid good money for this. Yeah, this uh, is like $20 you know? a ticket. And, and so then I was just like, I'm just going to leave it. I'm going to leave it. And then she pulls it out again. And then Fausto says something. So I got I get triggered. And I'm just kind of like, you know, I don't need to curse this woman out because she's cursing herself. Because her inconsideration yeah. of about the people around her mm-hmm. and the, how she affects people around her, that's the curse. Because she's driving people away. She's pushing people away. Yeah. And, you know, like I, you know. What is a sin? A sin is separating people from each other. And so she is bringing sadness, despair, sorrow into her life with her mindset and behavior. And, you know, she, I said, it's like, hey, we all paid a lot of money to see this movie. Can you put your phone away? Mm-hmm. I didn't insult and her. I didn't call her a bitch. I didn't slur word her in any way, mm-hmm. you know. I was very. I did want tactful. to call her like if you're racist, if you're if you're a per, if you are not a black person and you were on the phone during a movie that's primarily black, then you are racist. Yeah, I, I would say that she um, didn't uh, appreciate this film. No, and she may have had an issue with that. It is black made and black starring, and it's you know action a, film. Yeah, and it's a passion film, and people love the the Black Panther franchise of all backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And, and we don't have enough of uh, enough of things like this. You know, we're trying to shoehorn black actors into traditional white characters. And I like to see new stories. Uh, you know, the Black Panther franchise is what I want to see of the future of Hollywood and filmmaking. It's like, I want to see representation and diversity, you know, and the character of Namor, the, 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 Aqua, the Marvel Universe Aquaman, mm-hmm. who's a villain, Aquacholo. Aquacholo. <laughs> he originally canonically was a white character. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there you're shoehorning Latinos into it. It's... But it was done in such a clever, creative, beautiful way. And they really put so much, you know, Mesoamerican, uh, Mayan language, uh, actual cultural history mm-hmm. into this. And I thought that was, it was just so much fun. And the detail, because and you know, it was Mayan. And I just loved, uh, to, you see a, uh, him uh, like with a, uh, a Maya painting of, of the Black Panther. And you, you see it and it is a little bit like gray with black spots because Black Panthers have really, spots. they have spots. And I was yeah. just like, that is so cool. <laughs> My favorite thing in, in the Black Panther movie is their elevator. <laughs> it's this like wild, Afrofuturistic, you know, psychedelic design. No, it, not the beam on the spaceship. Mm-hmm. That the wah, 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 water wah. elevators? That no, it just went, when Suri's in her lab uh-huh. tinkering, building her new, yeah. you know, spoiler stuff. alert. Her new stuff. New stuff. If you haven't seen Whatever. the movie by now, but just anyways, going. she's in her lab. Behind her, the elevator, it's kind of like reminds me of uh, uh, Alexis Colby Carrington's apartment in Dynasty. Alexis Morrell Carrington Colby Dexter. (laughs) Played by Joan Collins. Collins. Dame Joan Collins. Dame Joan Collins. She She has an elevator in her home. You know, and I was, as a kid, 
when people had those in their homes, I always thought they were so glamorous. Mm. I was like, wow, you have an elevator well, that opens in, into your house. She lives in like the penthouse. Yeah. And so that's often like, you know, I do a lot of catering into these rich people's homes and the, and they often like, they're the only floor for that elevator. And I don't know if in the original Black Panther movie, she had an elevator into her work lab that was all psychedelic and trippy mm-hmm. and futuristic. But I, I just thought that was the coolest elevator. And, and I love the ceiling, yeah. Angela Bassett coming out of the elevator and be like, where have you been? <laughs> <laughs> well, it makes for a dramatic entrance, right? You it can is. just walk right in. I was waiting for Diane Carroll to come in and be like, this She's champagne is burnt. <laughs> <laughs> so it's I'm a really fun you. film. If you haven't seen it, go see it, of course. Yes, yeah, so it'll probably be on Disney. Um, plus in a couple plus, weeks. Yeah, in a few weeks. But I, it was wonderful to just see it on the big screen. And and I, I wanted to see it, but I've just been so busy. And then also, too, it's like, you know, we're kind of waiting for the crowds to die down a little bit. Yeah, because, you know, it's like I rather Nobody see wants to get COVID because it's on the rise. It is, you know. Get wear your yourself masks. vaxxed. Wear masks if you can. Yeah. I'm sick of wearing masks, to be honest. But, yeah. you know, it's like I had a, like a stroke in one of my eyes while I was wearing a mask and I was just like hyperventilating and I was dealing with like a agitated person at the time. And it was just like, like I'm still dealing with it. Like right now I just see floaters in my eyes and it's just horrible. And so for me, it was like, you know, like we've always said uh, with COVID, it's not just the COVID that's the problem is all the other things that come with it. Mm. And to me, it's like, you know, my, my vision's completely compromised. Like, because of it, and there's no nothing really I can do about it, mm. you know. So I have like uh, derpy eyes now. Like I see crap floating around my face, and you know. So so to me, it's like I can totally relate to why people don't want to be wearing masks at this point, you know. Um, now Republicans haven't uh, are going to be taking over the House, mm-hmm. and the first thing they've already said is they're going to try to stop drag queens. And I'm like, what are you, like a judge on RuPaul's Drag Race? That's wild. So they're, basically the, the argument that right-wingers are, and Repub- the Republican Party is saying is that uh, drag queens are harming children by just their mere presence. Well, they're, 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 they're calling them groomers. groomers. There's actually a website where you can report... Um, it's called Defend Our Kids, and it's in Texas, and then you can report all ages drag shows. And so what a lot of people are trying to do is they're trying to jam up that system. And But it's also this thing is like, so you can report the thing and be like, where is the show? Like, who's what's the, what's, the, what's the location? Give us any information you have about it. And so the, the idea here is, though, is to make it as realistic as possible, give an address, but like a fake address, but close enough to a real address to send people like places like that that they don't know where it will be um and the thing is though too is like i kind of feel like this thing is also just a big money grab for it some totally people is because they're asking for donations yeah. and some of these like they have little buttons and some of the donations are for like five dollars twenty five dollars five thousand dollars and then you could also have it like um you know uh make it a monthly recurring kind of thing and, and what's interesting about it though is like they they're like uh campaign finance they say on their website campaign finance law requires us to collect your employment information so you have to say whether you're uh retired your employer and your occupation and stuff. So that's kind of a little bit weird. That's uh, an invasion of privacy. Right. Too. Well, cause so, you know, so this is a political campaign. It is not like 
some charity, you know what I mean? Like, so it has a political drive to it. And there's just so much going on right now. So many bills uh, people are trying to pass, so much things that they're trying to stop. There's something going on in the Supreme Court. We might have an answer by the time this podcast is here about like whether, uh, you know, you can exclude somebody from your services uh, if you if they if they're queer uh, and you don't agree with their lifestyle because you're, you know, a schmuck. Um I don't you're think it's agree if you're a hateful person if you don't like. If you're a hateful like person, them. right. If yeah. you're a hateful person, you don't have to you don't have to do anything. Uh like and there's also, you know, the Homeland Security uh like Home Department of Homeland Security has issued a warning say, you know, uh marginalized people, Jewish people, LGBT people be vigilant. There are people out to get you right now. Mm. You know, and we're seeing people show up these drag queen story hours, uh, militias. Some of them have guns. People are canceling these events because of it. It's just it's wild. And, you know, a drag queen reading to a kid is basically just a clown. These are clowns afraid of other clowns. It's weird. I'm like, I, John Wayne Gacy is a clown I'd be afraid of, not a drag queen. Or a Catholic priest. You know. But, you know, the, the thing about it is, is like. Clowns who entertain children tend to all be Republicans and right-wing Christians. It's so weird. Right. <laughs> so it's like, wh- how much probably, makeup, yeah. where the makeup is put, and, you know, They're how probably mad. They're, they're stealing their gigs. The people want to go see a fun drag queen rather than, like, you know, bouncy the, the Christian clown. So ba- it's drag on drag violence once again. Right. The enemy of my enemy. Media del Arte. Of, uh, the enemy of my enemy of my enemy is my friend. Is that how that works? I don't know how it works. Uh, the Liver King. Have you guys? Are you guys familiar with the Liver King? A little bit. He's a wild character on the Instagrams, right? Well, he's this jacked up dad with crazy. He looks like Captain Caveman with muscles from the Scooby Doo. Okay. <laughs> Captain Caveman. <laughs> if they sh- you know, there was an episode where they shaved him, and he was kind of mm. cute. Um. So the Liver King, he's a fitness influencer, bodybuilding blogger, and his main takeaway was that by eating, we we waste so much of the animal that the most nutritious parts of the animal, the bone marrow, liver, hence the Liver King, kidneys, gizzards, brains, hearts, lungs, all that shit. Well, you eat all that if you eat a hot dog. (laughs) Yeah. Or a sausage. All, all that nutritious stuff is being thrown out. It's not being thrown out. And uh, that if you ate those things raw mm-hmm. without cooking them, that they would put on mm-hmm. muscle mm-hmm. like steroids yeah. would. Yeah. Well, he just came forward and said, you know what? I was on steroids and human growth hormone. <laughs> and liver. You know, there's this idea out there that, you know, Native Americans, they used every part of an animal. And I'm sure that there's some people that, like, when they catch an animal, they don't use everything. But most commercial, um, you know, farming and stuff like that, they use every little bit of that animal. And you don't even want to know how they use it. But are we but consuming that? And is it, is, is it really that much nutrition <laughs> on eating a liver as opposed to eating like a chicken breast. Well, so some of those like other meats and stuff like that or things that are, are spoiled, like that's going to go into your dog food and your cat food and so other kinds of things. But like there's like things like my friend who worked in like food science, so she's just like, yeah, we just put pigs in a centrifuge and like just 
drain all this. I'm like, what? You're like, you put pigs in there? Like, well, they're dead, of course. And they're just like, oh my. Like, all sorts of weird stuff happen. I don't want to gross, do gross people out. what do we do with the pigs? It's made to make, like, meal for, for uh, different things, protein sources for different kinds of foods. And kids, that's how whey protein's But, made. you know, there's cer- certain things like, you know, people who have, like, gout, sometimes they get that from eating too much of those organ meats like pate and liver and kidney and, all, and brain and stuff you know and a little bit of that stuff you know i like a, every now and then i get a hankering for a liver but it's got to be cooked i can't have it raw in high school we used to we needed like you know um what are those things called uh there, there's like bugs that grow in the liver and um and you would dissect it and pull them out, and they're what? they're ju- they're like you know they're worms. They grow in liver. They're in there already, and I'm like parasites. Parasites, yeah. They're they're in the cow's human liver. livers. Cow's liver. cow livers, obviously not human livers. And so dissecting them, and then you would you know do experiments and stuff like that on them. Um, we didn't do that. And and so you know I'm just kind of like going if you ate these raw livers. You may get really, really, really sick. Mm. And I would see videos and videos of him eating these raw livers. I'm like, that's not going to end well for that guy. So, you know, um, he came forward and I went on these forums and I said, now what am I going to do with this freezer full of cow hearts and livers and gizzards and pigs feet? Give it to me. Give it to me. And they're like, it's still nutritious. My dad used to eat pickles, pigs feet. So did mine. They were like hoofs in the in our fridge. It was so weird. He ate stewed versions of it. Mm. Está mi patita de cerdo? Mm. And I was like, this smells pretty bad. I don't know why, you know, if you make a, a, a roast pig, it's not going to be bad. It's going to smell delicious. Mm-hmm. But there's something about pig's feet stew. Whoo, boy. Yikes. Ooh, so Timothy, Lord. So Timothy Chalamet, Chalamet. People, there's an Star article of Dune. Out, Star of Dune. Call me by your name. Yes. There's, uh, people he was out, the, the king of the twinks. Well, actually, is Tom Holland the king of the twinks? He's or a him? little aged out of it now. He's Tom Holland? Thick, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, My little, little Tom Holland. But, uh, he can always shoot me with his spider web. The, there's an article anytime. out there begging him not to put on any muscle. Don't become like all these other people like Chris Evans who got muscles and now they can't act. And that's the, you know, like in my career as an entertainer, as a podcaster, people have been saying that to me all the time. It's like, we're worried that if you put on too much muscle, you won't be funny. And I said, honey, I never was funny to begin with. Oh, I'm so glad you finally accepted that. <laughs> you asshole. <laughs> but no, you know, it's like, let Timothy Chalamet have agency over his own life. And yeah. if he wants to build muscle and be an action movie star, cause that's fun and interesting mm. for him mm. as an actor, do it. And I think the article was a little bit tongue in cheek too. I think they were joking. It's not like they were super serious. I think it. people are taking it. Their people word. are taking it seriously. Yeah. I don't think the article was meant to be serious because that's how audiences are. They like humor, irony, satire. It's hard unless you're intelligent. Well, and, 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 you know, as you've seen people's reaction to the AI portraits, mm-hmm. uh, we have already so much negativity associated with our bodies that when we're presented with an idealized version of how we look, it's really disconcerting and unset, upsetting for people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's questioning all your choices in life and, and making you wish that you could travel back in time. And like, you know, like I was... Uh, showing a a photo of this like 22 year old bodybuilder to a friend of mine, 
Uh, his name is Gordon, and he's about, you know, he's a listener of our podcast. Hi, Gordon. Hi, Gordon. And he was like, his reaction was like, my father never let me go into a gym. And, you know, he's he's about my age. Mm -hmm. And he's he's still dealing with stuff that happened when he was 18 years old. Aren't we all? And and I'm just uh, and and uh, and I'm like, look, it, that's in the past. You can't change the past. No. And you know, we've observed that people who are struggling with addiction tend to be obsessed with things that occurred in the past. They can't change, and it's not a healthy mindset to to think about that. It's great that now. Today, you have a lot of tools and resources. I mean, there's so much information. You can hire an online coach. You can hire me, 99 bucks. We can talk for an hour about your workouts, your meals. Your goals. Your goals, building muscle, changing your body, whatever they, what you want to do. Think of it as a private podcast, mm -hmm. just you and me, an hour. We write down everything you've been doing, and then I react to whatever it is that you're wanting to accomplish and where to go from there. And you can hire a, a coach, a, a fitness trainer that can, you can film yourself with your phone and send them the videos that they can give you uh, advice on ch changing your behavior and build the body that you want to. So you look like your AI lens, uh, mm -hmm. avatar. Cause and, you want and, like and then, that. you know, <laughs> what will you be regretting that, happened in the past and then you might be like oh man i focus too much on bodybuilding and i never really learned how to play the violin that was my true love you know Aww. there's always going to be something that you didn't do that you're going to regret not doing because there's only so many hours in the day and so many days in the week and there's only so much time on earth with each other so you know it's not enough to fearlessly be yourself it's really important to sit down and to look at who you are and your dreams and relentlessly pursue them because there's never a bad time. Mm -hmm. It's never a bad idea to invest mm -hmm. in yourself. And that's all I can tell you today. People. Fausto, how do you say relentless in French? I taught you this, this lap. Relentless. No. You imbecile. It's relentless. I taught it to you. What is it? Relentless. Yes. It is the same word. No, right? no, of course not. I don't know. How is it? It was. Uh, we learned this. Let me Google that. <laughs> Relentless. In I'll tell French. you. Sans relâche. Sans relâche. Take... Sans relâche. Right, because Fausto, if he is anything, he is relentless. <laughs> Here, let's hear it again. Okay. That's a good accent. You sound a little bit like Stephen Hawking speaking French. I don't know what you are talking about, <laughs> but I enjoy doing this podcast about artificial intelligence. In conclusion, there are many ideas both in favor and opposing for artificial intelligence. Please, if you enjoy this podcast, Subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave us a review. And don't forget to go to <laughs> feastoffun.com slash plus and access thousands of legendary episodes, some created by AI and others not. <laughs> and maybe you'd like to make a one-time donation. You can do that at feastoffun.com slash donate. The holidays are coming up. 
Yes, come yes. on, Santa. Stuff our stockings, baby. Bring it. Bring yes. it, Santa Claus. We're also on Patreon at patreon.com slash Feast of Fun. And those are ad-free. So if yes. you become a premium subscriber on feastoffun.com slash plus or on Patreon, there are no ads. Mm. You don't have to sit and listen to, you know, hey, guys, do you want to refinance your mortgage? Or <laughs> like, That's okay. People just skip through them anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I want to no, thank everybody who does listen and who's, thank, who's listened for over the years. Some of you have been with us from the beginning, and we couldn't do it without you. And hopefully we'll be here for many, many more years to come. Absolutely. And Mark, uh, you look, you know, I just want to say your AI portraits are gorgeous. Oh, thank you. But they are just the, the surface of how I feel about you, and I love you so much. Oh, I love you too. Thank you so much. You do? I do. Prove I it. Do. Well, let's end this podcast and I'll show you. Ooh. Ooh. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Now get those clothes on.